Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father, and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. In 1985, Paul Simon of Simon and Garfunkel musical fame released an album entitled Graceland. In the title song of that album, a very mournful Simon sings of a man lost and lonely, struggling to make sense of life in the midst of sorrow. He is hurt. He is reeling from the wreckage of broken relationships. The man in that song makes a point of telling his listeners that when you are in pain, it is not necessary for anyone to call attention to the obvious. We ought to feel that same way as Lent begins again this year. More than a decade after the fact, we still live with the effects of the terrorist attacks of September 11, 2001. We have fought wars that have killed or maimed thousands of young Americans, and untold numbers of the enemy and those who simply lived in close proximity to that violence. We live in a world of broken relationships, not only with our enemies, but also sometimes with friends and longtime allies who don't see eye to eye with us on certain things. We also live with the daily news of shattered lives. People trample to death in religious festivals. A diplomatic compound overrun by lawless thugs who impose by violence what they cannot achieve by reason or by merit. A school in Connecticut is bathed in the blood of children by a deeply troubled person. It can happen on the streets and in the neighborhoods of our town, too. Sometimes, and far too often, it can even happen within our homes and within our families. Our world seems more shattered and more broken than we would like to admit. We cannot hide our heads in the sand, hoping that the danger will pass us by. No, death is our daily companion, even on those days where it might not touch us directly. Against such a backdrop, our Lenten season begins again this Ash Wednesday. We hear very chilling words spoken as we have those ashes smeared on our foreheads. Remember that you are dust, and to dust you shall return. We can ask ourselves and ask of others, do we really need such a reminder of the fragility of life? Haven't we been bombarded with enough images and news that any sort of denial or avoidance of loss and death would be nearly impossible. Aren't there other words that might be better suited to such an occasion? Such are the thoughts that might cascade through our minds as we enter in earnest this season of repentance and renewal. How can any of us forget that we are dust now more than ever? And yet we need to hear and we need to speak those words just now. They are a reminder of what is very real, but they are also a promise of what will be real for eternity. These words, along with the cross of Christ on our brows, represent both a warning and a promise. In Lent, we strip away all of the frills 
and we get down to the basics of what it means to be a Christian. This goal has its roots in the ancient purpose of this season of Lent. This purpose and this goal has largely been forgotten in much of Christianity, although a great many are rediscovering its meaning. Lent was in its earliest form a time for preparing prospective Christians for baptism and for the great overnight Easter vigil worship service. This service back then lasted from sundown to sunrise, and it was the primary festival in the early church. Those being readied for baptism would, as part of their final preparations, leave behind all of the things of this world, anything that got in the way of their relationship with God. They spent time in fasting, in prayer, in serving the poor, and in other disciplines of the Christian life. These were things that at one time every Christian was expected to do, not just during Lent, but year-round. But these new initiates went through this final instruction, being informed about what being a Christian was all about. They prepared themselves and were prepared to live lives of loving service in the world. And so the text from Matthew for this day speaks clearly to them and to us. We do not do such preparations in order to be seen by others or to gain something for ourselves. Instead, we do such preparations to rid ourselves of all things, to empty ourselves of all things. We do this so that we might be filled with God in Christ. We do them not to be miserable, but rather in joyful anticipation that by losing ourselves, by giving of ourselves, then we are truly found. And we hope to do these things not as phony hypocrites, but rather in order to be truly aware and truly genuine about our origins, and more importantly, about our destiny. In Lent, we are called to rediscover who we are as God's people. We are called to face our fears and our failures with courage and with dignity, and to rely all the more on God's love and God's mercy. We are, after all, called to be God's children. Remember, it is not God that needs to hear the words of our confessions, those words that come out of our broken human spirits and our sin, for His sake. He already knows everything that we've done far better than we ever could. No, instead, we need to speak these words of repentance and spell out our pleas for mercy as reminders to ourselves of our link with our human past. The ashes on our foreheads remind us that we, like Adam and Eve, are made from the dust of the ground. We, too, only have our origin in God's power to create. And we're in this world because of a God who loved us, a God who formed us. Just as surely, in that same moment that we are connected to Adam and Eve, we also die, for we share in their rebellion, and we share their sentence of judgment. And like our ancient parents, we too will return to the dust of the ground as ample evidence that we will not endure in this world forever. Each Lent, we learn once again to face and confront this grim reality, hopefully with truthfulness and with courage. In the words of our spoken confession and in the discipline of Lent, there is another reality. 
It is just as real as the death that we face. No longer a death we face with shame, but rather with renewed hope and with joy. That other reality is in God's love and forgiveness. It is the, both the present and the future recreation that God is working in us at all times, but especially in this time of Lent. The sign of the cross on our foreheads serves not only to remind us that we are dust, but also as a reminder that God has claimed us in baptism. We do not know all of the particulars of our final destiny in Christ, but we do know that we belong to Christ, and that ashen cross on your skin is a reminder of all that. The sign of the cross that we wear on our foreheads this Ash Wednesday is not there just one day a year, though, even though that may be the only time that it's visible. No, that cross has been burned into our foreheads by the fire of the Holy Spirit to mark us as the lamb of, lambs of God's own flock in baptism. It does not just mark us as Christians. It marks us as Christ's. We show it this one time a year to remind ourselves that we do indeed belong to God. To remind ourselves also that we die daily to sin. And to remind ourselves that Jesus' resurrection is our future too. We will return to the dust, yes indeed. But even then, God is not finished with us. We renew the baptismal covenant of God in this season of repentance, of renewal, and yes, even of rejoicing. For we will all be cleansed in the Easter Vigil's baptismal flood. Like those early Christians who were in preparation for their membership in the church, we too shed the things of this world and we make room for God to fill us, empty though we might often be. Though this process may be painful, for death always is painful, it will ultimately lead us to the light and to the life of Christ. And so we repent. And so we are renewed in Christ. We rejoice in the marvelous future that God unfolds all around us, even in the midst of our all too broken and hurting and dying world. But exactly how should we prepare ourselves during Lent? Well, that's really a matter of what it is in our life that we need to give over to God. What is it that prevents us from being His servants, servants of Christ year-round, like we are called to be? It may be that fasting and prayer and charitable works are just fine for you, but that might not be right or might not be adequate for everyone. Some yearn for reconciliation and peace with their brothers and sisters in Christ, or even with their enemies. They yearn for an end to the hostility. We can all yearn for what only God can give us and which only our pride now prevents. The good news is that your past and my past, with all of our connection to, connections to the brokenness of all humanity and our futures that are connected to God's redemptive love, come together. They mesh during this season of Lent, just as they come together at all times for the followers of Jesus Christ. Perhaps like that man in Paul Simon's song, we do not need to be reminded of the obvious. Or maybe it is just this sort of return to the obvious that we really do need. For the tone in that song, Graceland, eventually changes as the song goes on. At first, it seems as though Paul Simon is singing about a 
pilgrimage to Elvis Presley's home in Memphis. But then he sings, I've a reason to believe that we will all be received in Graceland. Now while that belief that being received in Graceland can not be applied to all people, it certainly can apply and does apply to all who have been marked and sealed by the cross of Christ. We discover, regardless of what the songwriter intended, that brokenness gives way to hope. Hope in a land of grace where God welcomes us all home. Lent marks again the beginning of that journey home for us. God's flock marked as His own. So wear your brand, that mark of your identity in Christ, in humility, but never in shame. It is the obvious reminder of God's love and His unmistakable mark of His claim on you. You who are the lambs of His flock. In the shepherd's holy name, Jesus, Amen.